Welcome to AM Best Audio. I'm John Weber for AM Best TV, and I'm speaking today with Cindy Beaulieu, CIO North America at Conning. Cindy, so glad you could join us today. Hi, John. Thanks. It's great to be here. And of course, we're going to be talking about insurance assets and portfolios. How about we start by looking at a review of 2023? How did PNC and life portfolios perform this past year, Cindy? Sure. It certainly has been a very interesting year. Um, to say it was a roller coaster ride, I think would be fair. And if you look at charts of the two and 10 year treasuries, I think it's pretty well depicted that way. Um, it's pretty interesting that we are now sitting with a 10 year treasury that is within basis points of where it started 2023 which means that we've done a round trip on about 125 basis points of rate increase over the course of 2023 and almost backed all of that out now. And for the two year, we actually have broken back down through where we started the year. So to say rates have been volatile would be an understatement. Spreads have been pretty much in a one way direction, though, except for that little period we had in March, um, certainly with financial concerns that did widen spreads out. We've had a couple of other opportunities there where we've seen spreads widen a little bit. And so being opportunistic throughout 2023 has allowed for some pretty decent performance in portfolios. Um, you know, we actually have turned indices positive that happened through November and certainly through December, it's increased a lot more. So we're now in a position, if you had asked me this question in October, the answer would have been a little different, but we're now in a position to see actually both nominal and excess returns and positive territory for insurance assets this year, which is certainly a nice recovery from where we were as rates were really moving rapidly higher and negative returns were pretty much seen across the board. So I don't know that I'd necessarily delineate much between either life or PNC in terms of the type of returns. Um, they've been pretty consistent because the opportunities in the market have been similar to be able to express them in both types of portfolios. You call this a roller coaster year, Cindy. I love roller coasters. Would this have <laughs> been considered a successful year for insurance assets? I think now as we sit here uh, today, yes. You know, again, a couple of months ago, I wouldn't have felt the same way. You know, we're looking at portfolios back in October and trying to think about how do we take advantage of these wonderful all-in yields that the market is presenting to us and then thinking about the challenges with embedded losses in portfolios and not being able to actually make those types of trades unless an insurance company was fortunate enough to have a lot of excess liquidity to put into the market. But I think for those that have, particularly on the life side, as you think about selling new annuity products, if you've been able to have liquidity cash on the sidelines or some short duration assets ready to turn over, this has been a year to take great advantage of a number of different areas of the market. The PNC side has been tougher, obviously, you know, from a liability side, insurance, I'm sorry, inflation is not a friend of the PNC industry. And so that's made things a little more difficult. We've also had some pretty big cat losses that have come through in certain areas. So that's been a little bit of a challenge as well. But net it all out and you look at where we sit now with yields that are still pretty attractive, even with the back, you know, backing down in rates again, we're still looking at all in yields that we haven't seen in a long time. So I think when you put the whole picture together as we're sitting here in the middle of December, it does feel like it's been a success, but boy, has it been a tough ride to get there. And with that, Cindy, how is asset allocation changing or evolving? So I think one of the things that insurance companies have been really focused on 
but throughout time is diversification, but something that they've been more focused on in the last several years because rates had been lower and spreads had been tighter in the public space was giving up liquidity and focusing a lot on private parts of the market, less liquid assets. And what happened in 2023 is that started to shift back in favor of public liquid assets. Not to say that there's not opportunities still in the private world and alternatives and things that are a little bit different, but certainly what has been nice has been the expansion of the sandbox, if you will, to find some other areas of the market that we've had to focus a lot less on um, when rates were low and spreads were tight. And what that means is that insurance companies can actually look now at investing in nice, high quality public areas of the market, which also means should things change and they need to access that liquidity, it's available to them. So I, I think as, as you look at sector allocations, what that's allowed us to do is be more involved in public credit. But also, more importantly, I think what's really changed a lot in the last year or so has been the structured part of the market between um, agency and non-agency mortgages between, and esoteric asset-backed securities, those have presented some nice ways to take advantage of the dislocation in interest rates. We've had an inverted curve all year. It's you know now sitting about half of what it was back in July when the difference between the two-year and the 10-year was 100 basis points, and now it's about 45. So it's not quite the same, but still being able to take advantage of areas of the market that focus on shorter duration, front end of the curve, like esoteric ABS and some mortgage products, and then locking in the longer end of the curve with more stable type credit where you get bulleted strategies. I think that's been a nice opportunity for insurance companies that wasn't quite as present in years past. Customize your data experience. Best Link now offers an interactive company dashboard that provides company-level intelligence in a fast, user-friendly interface featuring interactive tables, charts, and sparkline performance histories. Customize the dashboard tiles to prioritize the insurer readings, data, and analytics that best support your workflow. AM Best. Our insight, your advantage. Okay, you brought up sector allocations. How will life allocations be different from PC in this year ahead, and, and how will they be similar? So I think some of the same themes I just spoke about are still very much present. Um, one of the things that was, as I said, this year was a barbell type strategy. You wanted to have some investments in the front end, but you wanted to lock in some of those all-in yields in the longer end of the curve. I think that that still holds true. Although we still have an inverted curve, it has diminished. Um, and one of the things that we're looking for in 2024 is curve normalization. Quite honestly, we thought we would have had it by now, but I think it's fair to say it's been tough to predict much of anything since COVID. And this falls into one of those camps of it just didn't materialize. But I do believe, especially now after hearing Chairman Powell yesterday, that you know, it seems to be the end of the tightening cycle, curve normalization is the next step in the process if we're finally done with worrying about where monetary policy is going next. And so if that plays out and you're able to build and benefit from those barbell strategies, I think for the P&C industry, it is those you know, short to intermediate corporates and esoteric ABS and, and other mortgage product. For the life industry, the other thing that comes into play a little bit more, I think, is thinking about certainly longer corporates. Um, again, back to all in yields, very attractive, but also areas of the market like emerging market sovereigns in the higher quality spectrum, certainly not dipping down in quality, but a nice way to get some diversification in portfolios 
and an area of the market that's been a little bit out of favor, especially kind of wondering where the global economy was headed. And maybe we're going to start to see a little more clarity on that in 2024, which means that those particular emerging market sovereigns should perform pretty well. Uh, you sound, dare I say, optimistic. So what are your expectations regarding performance in 2024? So, you know, as I mentioned, performance has been really different depending on when you kind of take that snapshot in 2023. We had decidedly negative returns earlier this year, and they really flipped to positive in November. And that's carried through, obviously, with the huge rate rally that we're seeing right now. So, you know, at this point in time, for example, if you're looking at the corporate market, returns are about 7% nominal returns uh, on the positive side of things. I think if you look at where yields sit today, you know, thinking about an all-in yield that's somewhere between five and a half, five and three quarters percent, I think it's fair to expect returns to be consistent with that. One thing I will say, though, is they probably could be a little bit better. I think there are some things that are a bit uncertain. I, I do feel optimistic about next year, but I think we have to be cognizant of the fact that we have a fiscal situation that's unsettled. And that has to resolve itself actually in the first couple of months of next year. We obviously have a very important election in the United States, and that could provide some periods of volatility um, and maybe some spread widening. And the geopolitical situation just seems to continue to evolve. New areas flare up. There's certainly concerns in the in the three hottest spots that we are focused on, which is Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, and Israel and Hamas. So I think you have enough geopolitical uncertainty without anything new. But those things tend to present opportunities for spreads to widen. So if you think about that and being able to take advantage of that, you could actually suggest that returns could even be better than the, the current yields of the market today. Any particular trends that you're keeping an eye on in 2024, Cindy? Yeah, I, I think I, I just spoke to a couple of them. You know, we're very focused on what's going on in Washington. Um, I think that the political fighting has really become quite disruptive. And I think it's, you know, it's obvious with Moody's, that's one of the things that they're watching very closely. We have never had such polarization in our political system as we sit with today. And it's, it's really quite unnerving and quite concerning. And I think, you know, we have a very large budget that has to be decided on at a time when we have been consistently deficit spending in this country, almost you know, without controls on it at all. We'd certainly like to see some fiscal uh, responsibility come into the equation, but we're not particularly hopeful that that can happen. So watching those budget discussions, looking at what that spending uh, is going to turn out to be, and then certainly obviously treasury issuance um, is another piece of that equation that we're watching very closely. So. I would say, you know, watching the fiscal side is important. Geopolitics, I would put as second. And then monetary policy, interestingly, I'd put as third. Um, I think we maybe got a little bit of, um, we're a little ahead of the game in terms of where the Fed really wants things to go at this point. I look at what Chairman Powell said on December 1st, and then I listened to him yesterday, and I'm not seeing how those two are consistent with each other. It feels like yesterday was a little bit of an overly dovish tilt to maybe satisfy some other interests. And I hate to suggest that that's where our Fed was going, but I don't see the data supporting this sudden turn in events. So I do think monetary policy has to be monitored, but I think we're probably done with policy tightening. I think what's going to happen potentially next year is the market's disappointed they don't get the easing out of the Fed that they're expecting. Cindy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me. That was Cindy Beaulieu. CIO North America at Conning, and I'm John Weber for I Am Best TV.
Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day, Find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.